Hey, Nathaniel, how are you? Good. How are you, Mark? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for carving out some some time here. So, um, well, I've I, I have a lot of questions here. I, I'm a uh, Movember participant, not this month. Um, my wife has asked me to generously give a donation, but to forego the mustache because of our holiday pictures. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a that's a common. <laughs> common uh, uh answer for some folks but thank you for the donation I, mean, I think it's yeah it's uh we we, we have definitely changed uh holiday greeting cards for sure uh, so maybe for the better in some cases i don't know I, I, i'm pro mustache so i'm happy with it you're listening to the growth show Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The Growth Show. I'm Nathaniel Eberle, Director of PR and Brand at HubSpot, and today I'm very excited to be joined by Mark Hedstrom, Country Director at the Movember Foundation. The Movember Foundation began in 2003 as a bet between friends and today has nearly 5 million people participating in the movement. Today, we're thrilled to talk to Mark about the movement that has grown literally over the years. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Nathaniel. So, Movember has a really interesting backstory, Mark. Can you tell us more about how the cause started way back in 2003? Yeah, I think as you were just mentioning in the intro, um, it was two guys sitting in a bar in Melbourne, Australia, just having a conversation about uh, fashion trends and asked the question why the mustache had never made a comeback on the face of men's fashion. It kind of disappeared in the, uh, the, the mid-'80s, early-'90s. And what they did was they challenged... Um, 28 other guys uh, that year to grow mustaches during what is now uh, re-termed Movember um, for the 30 days of the month, and then they had a party at the end of that month, and one of their birthdays happened to fall on Movember 30th. So the the interesting part of that uh, first year was the conversations that it generated, because we asked men to go clean shave it on the first, so if you have a beard or you're typically clean shaven or you have a mustache, just shave it off and start growing only a mustache for the 30 days. And, you know, typically, men, they just don't blossom those mustaches overnight. It takes quite some time. But the conversations they generated uh, were the most interesting experiment that came out of, or the most interesting observation that came out of that experiment. Um, so they looked at, um, you know, what are some of the issues of how can we turn this towards social good? And uh, identified that, you know, men's health as a, as a general conversation to cause um, was just not something that was focused on within Australia or even globally. And prostate cancer in particular stuck out as one of the things that uh, affected men quite heavily. Um, so you fast forward to today, and as you said, uh, we're in five, uh, we're in 21 countries, have had over 5 million participants and raised over $650 million. That's the success of Movember. I think the significance of Movember is the thousand plus programs we've funded across the men's health initiatives. So prostate cancer, testicular cancer, men and boys mental health and physical inactivity. So really proud of that, um, that success and that investment in those thousand plus programs. Well, I mean, I myself have been a participant in the Movember uh, project, so to speak, and uh, in, in the movement, and much to the chagrin of my, my wife, as we were mentioning earlier. Uh, I, I'm curious, I heard about it maybe six, seven years ago, and, and through social media, it might have been a Facebook post or something. So technology's obviously changed quite a bit since 2003, and I imagine it's, it's changed the way you guys promote and raise funds for Movember. Can you talk about what promotion of the cause looked like in the early years and then fast forward to now, like what's really working now that, uh, 
that's really helped grow the movement? Well, I think in the early years, it was word of mouth. Um, you know, Facebook wasn't founded until 2004, and it didn't exist, um, you know, in other parts of the world at the time. So it was really word of mouth. It started as a small concept in Melbourne and kind of grew from there, you know, where guys were you know, flying to other parts of, of Australia or New Zealand and then ultimately other parts of the world with their mustaches in tow and started talking about what they were doing. So in the early days, it was very, very grassroots. And I, I still think that continues today um, where you'll have, you know, a corporate that gets engaged in November, but it typically starts with a few guys in a department um, that are just looking to grow mustaches and get engaged in men's health. But in terms of the, the technology advancements, you know, uh, alongside just that word of mouth campaign, you know, we were uh, going through um, electronic data mailers and sending out uh, via um, those types of initiatives, um, you know, fundraising calls for individuals to use when they're out talking about their mustache and why they're involved. And you know, today, a lot of our shift is towards obviously we're we're for profits look or, or um, you know, the typical um, uh, product based company where we're leveraging a lot more on Facebook and uh, transitioning Twitter to more of a customer service type platform. So for us, uh, Facebook is becoming a bigger piece of our business simply because um, it allows someone to share, as you said, you know, seven years ago, allows someone to share why they're involved more directly with the people that. We're ultimately trying to influence, whether it be from a uh, participating uh, perspective or donating to that individual perspective. So uh, we shift a lot of focus towards um, social media, um, Facebook being one of the main points of that, to really drive that engagement and, and, and take that grassroots approach that we started out with and move it online. Yeah, I can tell you my Facebook feed is lighting up with mustaches uh, throughout this month, so way to go. It's certainly uh, proliferating. Yeah, and I, and I think even this year, for the first time in our history, typically on the 1st of November, um, we trend on Facebook and, and some of the other platforms. This year, we actually trended for five days straight, which is the first time that's ever happened. So really, really have done a lot of work in transitioning to that uh, platform or those platforms to ultimately drive the awareness around that the campaign has started and what we're doing in the world. So, I mean... Movember comes once a year. What else do you guys do to, to make that conversation happen, to continue the fundraising for the 11 months that aren't uh, Movember? Two things that we have been focusing on. Uh, one has been there for quite some time, which is uh, what I mentioned earlier is um, the 1,000-plus programs we've funded across those four key areas. The remainder of our year is really spent on making sure that our community, those that either grow and participate um, or move for us, which is our uh, engagement in physical activity for the 30 days that we've introduced, and our donors or their donors, uh, quite frankly, understanding where the money has gone. I think that's a critical component, particularly when we look at our customer base and our donors, those that, you know, for lack of a better saying, purchase uh, Movember as an idea and invest in what we're trying to do in the world, uh, we've got to make sure that we ultimately tell them where that money has gone and what impact they're having. So those 11 months and even during the campaign, we're always talking about what impact our community is having, uh, whether it be prostate cancer or, or mental health. The um, other side of that is, you know, I always, I always term it as if you had uh, one month a year to raise the majority of your revenue, uh, 95 plus percent of our fundraising occurs in and around November, um, you just spend the other 11 months ultimately making sure that strategy and the tactics that you were putting in place were executing at the highest of levels. Um, we have one shot at this to get it right. Um, but I think what underpins either the 
program or the fundraising effort um, and getting that right once a year is the conversation we're trying to have. So when we talk to our friends in the research space, whether it be mental health experts or prostate cancer researchers, um, that conversation needs to be happening year-round when we talk about men's health. So we're expanding into new models of either fundraising and or conversation starters, um, whether that be through Movember Radio, which is uh, our podcast series that we produce and uh, interview interesting men from around the world, um, to uh, ultimately having uh, move activations or physical activations outside of the month of November where we can obviously fundraise uh, during those times as well. So, November began in Australia, Mark, but it's obviously now a, a global phenomenon. How has the foundation had to evolve to different markets? I mean, look at the, the mustache itself. That's, you know culturally re- relevant, culturally apparent in some markets. Tell us about that. How, how has the foundation adapted? Yeah, it's a really interesting um, conversation, particularly around brand and, and sort of making sure that we don't go too far away from the brand ethos and what we've tried to create uh, across the brand, whether it be the creative that we use in the campaign to how we're talking to our community in the language that we use. Um, those things are incredibly important to always be focused on. I think what we look to do globally when we step back from the brand is say, okay, what do we want to ultimately hold on to? How are we talking about Movember? How are we talking to men, uh, which has been incredibly successful? How do we engage in the must-ask conversation we're trying to have to get men to grow mows every, every Movember? Um, what, we, what we look to do, and you know, from my perspective, it's 80% of what we put out there is globally managed and delivered. So that tone, the messaging is all coming from the same place. And then it's my responsibility and my team's responsibility here on the ground in the U.S. to localize that, to talk to men uh, in a certain way within the context of of being an American. So, for instance, one of the uh, easiest examples of that is around Thanksgiving. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, going home and having a conversation with your family around uh, the dinner table on Thanksgiving, talking about your health. So it's a huge opportunity for us, but it's something we take and localize, uh, but still use that same brand, tone, and message uh, that we would use anywhere else in the world. Mark, do you guys think you'll ever widen your messaging, focus on something besides mustaches to get more men and women involved? What do you think? Uh, Yes, absolutely. So one of the things we have done um, in this campaign in 2015, and you know, while while you're uh, uh, you know not going to mow this year, you're donating, which is uh, awesome. Uh, I think the other thing that we've recognized is we need women involved in this conversation just as much as men. Um, all the women in my life are incredibly important to influencing me. Um, and what we've realized is how do we engage women in the conversation? How do we engage them in the campaign um, in an authentic and real way? Because obviously they're looking at men growing mustaches and asking the question, how do we become more involved? Other than just donating or supporting the guys in my life that are growing mows. We introduced MOVE, um, which is obviously the first four letters of Movember. And what we're asking both men and women to do now when they sign up, and this will be something that happens from 2015 and beyond, is to uh, consider committing to 30 days of physical activity. And we're not defining what that is. It could be as simple as doing a walking meeting at work or taking a walk with your family at night or your friends to you know, committing to a CrossFit class or going to a spin class for the first time. But what we found in the research, and this goes back to our programmatic focus and why we focus on men's health, is obviously exercise uh, over a 30-day period is a behavioral health change, much like the mustache is changing a, a, a man's appearance 
and changing his behavior as a result of that because he's more actively thinking about his health while he's growing a mow and now moving. So move for us is really how do we engage women in the conversation? How do we engage men in, quite frankly, being physically active and improving their health, not just their appearance by growing a, a luxurious mustache, but also their health for those 30 days? Um, we know that that's going to have both physical and mental health uh, and well-being impact. So that's something that really excites us here is we're freshening the approach and we're engaging a larger community in the conversation we're trying to have. Do you have a crazy story about a lucky break you had or a comeback story in business? We'd love to hear about it. Record a voice memo on your phone and send it to growthshow at hubspot.com with your name and you could be featured on a future episode. Mark, you probably get to hear a lot of fascinating, touching stories from people participating in November. I'm curious, what is one that has just stuck with you? There's tons of them out there, and I think um, the one thing that I'm really proud of us as a team on this side is that we have a, a group of folks that are super passionate about what November is trying to do in the world, and every single one of the team members here in the U.S. and then globally you know, have these conversations all the time, and, and I think that's great for us to hear as well as that we are influencing people and we're having an impact on people's lives. I think that really keeps us all going, but Amongst all of those, I think the one that was most interesting that sticks in my mind that, that happened uh, a month and a half ago was I was um, at a prostate cancer research conference um, and was just having a conversation with uh, a prostate cancer researcher. And we started talking about mental health, and he shared a very, very personal and troubling story of, of someone in his life that he lost um, uh, to suicide. And it was such a different conversation than I think either of us expected to have because we were talking about prostate cancer and what we were doing and you know moved to the mental health aspects of that disease and what men feel when they're treated for it and it got really personal really quick but in an authentic way where we had an opportunity to talk about you know some of the challenges he's faced and someone he, he lost that was very near and dear to him um, that was incredibly powerful for me to have that conversation. And, and I, I can tell you, I've, I've had a number of those. Um, and I think what it points back to is by getting guys to grow a mustache or women to support that or getting them to move together and focusing on the whole man, the both physical and mental well-being of men um, is incredibly important. And I can say that the guys that I talk to, they want to have that conversation. They want to be talking to their friends. They want to be having connections and conversations with friends in their lives uh, and, and talk about the really hard stuff. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's moving beyond the day of just you know, manning up and not talking about your issues. I think men really do want to sit down and have that conversation with someone they trust and, and feel comfortable doing so. And I think that was a perfect example of, of, of someone that you know, had a great conversation with and, and you know, got really deep and, and was very honest. Um, that, that kind of stuff happens all the time. It's just an overall awareness that you guys are bringing to, uh, to the table here. Absolutely. I think it's, um, you know, yes, there are statistics and November's never been about, uh, you know, the numbers and, and focusing on using, you know, numbers or statistics as a, as a fear factor. Um, we want to have a serious conversation with men, but what we've tried to do with the mustache and what we've tried to do with moving is make it fun. 
because that's how you're going to engage men, quite frankly. Um, you know, it, it's a lot easier to talk to a guy in a certain language, particularly if you're using a competitive angle like mustache growing or moving, um, to get men to actually be more engaged in their own health, whether it be physical or mental. I'm wondering, so even wildly successful companies encounter speed bumps when they're growing fast. You guys have certainly grown fast through the years. What challenges has Movember encountered and how have you adapted to them? Well, I think one of the things is, um, you know, we refer to it as mustache fatigue. Um, you know, typically um, our challenge is about three to four years in of a guy growing a mo, um, saying, you know, look, this is, this is probably a year I can't do it, but I'll still donate. And I think that's, that's something we always look to do. So it's, you know, we'll have engagement from individuals. And we had, we've had guys who've been doing it for, for, you know, almost 10 years in the U.S., even before we landed on these shores officially. Um, but it, it's, it's getting and refreshing that for those individuals because, yes, we are a fundraising organization. We're a nonprofit. We look to fund uh, incredible programs throughout the world. But at the end, we really also want to be engaging those same men that might have fatigue from going a mustache in their men's health ongoing. So I think one of our big challenges is how do we keep it fresh for those guys and, and, and quite frankly, the women um, that are involved in November, you know, five, ten years in. Um, what do we do to do that? And, and that's what MOVE is um, a big area of focus for that. November Radio, continuing that conversation or engaging them in a different way is really designed to do. Great. So Movember is a foundation, but I, I, I'm wondering, we've seen brands with CSR in their DNA, you know, the Warby Parkers, Tom's. Do you think it's a requirement that, that businesses have those attributes now to stand out? Does it, does it help sell the brand to savvy millennials? And, and do you have a perspective from your success? I, I think it is critically important because I think it goes back to um, an authentic connection um, with your customer base, you know, whether it be Tom's or Harry's or Warby Parker, uh, an authentic connection to, to doing something in the world that's, that's more important. And, you know, I grew up in the, um, in the action sports world, and I think the 1% for Planet campaign um, is something that is incredibly important um, to those that live outdoors, whether it be they're wearing Patagonia or Marmot. I think those things are very important to the customer base, and particularly millennials. Um, you know, when we look at it, we're always looking for partners that have the same DNA that we have. So uh, corporate social responsibility is a big driver of partners that we look to partner with um, around November. So in, in a lot of ways, and, and Tom's is one of our, our partners, and they've been a partner of ours for six years. It's a, it's a double win. You know? um, you're buying a pair of Tom's shoes that's supporting November, but you're also creating a pair of shoes that Tom's and then can send out uh, to, to a person in need. So it's in, and I think even within the corporate culture of Tom's or Harry's, um, you know, there's a lot of young people that are really engaged in doing something bigger in the world. Uh, and I think it's critically important for companies to have a CSR approach because they're not only engaging their customer base, but their internal employees in something bigger than themselves. Great. So for our listeners who are finishing up their Movember or are interested in participating next year, what tips do you have for growing a sweet stash? Well, I mean, mine starts with um, be patient. Uh, <laughs> in my case, it's just now blossoming um, into something that is actually somewhat respectable. So patience is incredibly important uh, when growing a mustache from the first. 
I think the other thing is, you know, to 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 keep it fun um, is, you know, really engaging in how do you how do you leverage something that seems like it's fairly straightforward and easy into a fundraising tool. So getting people to have fun with their mustache growing, whether it be competing with their friends or auctioning off the color of their mustache, we've seen a bunch of guys do that um, to raise funds. Um, patience and fun are really central to what we've done and what we've been successful at doing. Um, we know it takes time to build a movement like this, but we've got to keep it fun at the same time. So I think those are the two big things when you talk about mustache growing. And then, you know, in general, if you if you have a piece of mahogany in your house, um, I suggest sniffing that from time to time and maybe using uh, some baby oil uh, to help, uh, you know, uh, keep that upper lip nice and luxurious. I'm uh, I'm writing down notes for, for next year's approach to my mustache growing. Excellent. Well, I'm going to throw it out there. M-O, first two letters in Mohawk. I don't know if you guys are going to further diversify your, your, uh, your offering or your call to action for others, but I'll, you know, I'll leave it with you. Yeah, no, I think uh, I've actually had someone come to me, uh, this personal friend uh, who's in brand and strategy, uh, talk about um, getting guys to, to shave into a Mohawk. I, I think there's definitely a core group of individuals that um, are part of whatever it happened that would jump at the chance to do stuff like that for sure. All right, I'm in next year. <laughs> sounds well. You're gonna, sounds like you're going to have to pass that through, pass that through the wife in terms of uh, whether or not that's going to make the uh, the holiday card. Yeah, there goes the Christmas card. <laughs> that's right. Well, Mark, thanks for joining us today. Good luck with your fundraising over the next few weeks and months and years. Here's to growth on the upper lip of men all around the world and to uh, the growth of men's health awareness. Uh, really well done, guys. And thanks to all of you out there listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you should subscribe on iTunes. That way, you'll get notified of upcoming episodes. We'll be chatting with smart folks at Lyft, Zappos, and Robinhood. Hope you'll tune in to hear what they have to say. <laughs>